Hey weirdo, what's your superpower? And how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to Season 2 of Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your powers might be. I'm Charlie White, and I'm so glad you're joining me here today. This is our third episode in Season 2, and many of you may have noticed that we're experimenting with a shorter episode format. We're trying to keep Season 2 episodes in the 10 to 15 minute range, and it seems like you like it, because we're getting a lot more downloads a lot more quickly. But we'd love to hear from you, so please email us at hero at justusweirdos.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter at Just Us Weirdos. Tell us if you like the new length of the podcast. Tell us if you like the story. Tell us about any hero ideas you have. Tell us about fan theories. We love to hear from you. And honestly, we would love to bring back more audience participation games, like Villainous Letters. But we need to hear from you in order to do that. Now, some of you may be wondering where my co-host Gabe is. Honestly, there's a lot going on in our lives right now. We've got school and Dungeons and Dragons games, and a little brother that we're subjecting to science experiments to try to turn into a superhero. So it's just really hard to find a time to get both of us on mic. I'm working hard to get the story out to you right now so you can keep hearing it. And before long, we're gonna go back into Gabe's secret superhero lair and find out what he has been up to. But for now, let's get ready for season two, episode three. You may remember last episode, Beninja, IT Girl, and Fish Out of Water are on the run from Binary Consolidated. They've been hiding in the sewers, and they've realized that Gwenifer Work is looking for them. So they need disguises. Fortunately, they find a comic book shop that thinks that the Beninja costume is valuable, and Kirby trades in his costume for three Wondar uniforms. Dressed as the non-existent superhero, they hail a cab on Dagny's smartphone and drive to Jules Jones' home. Today's episode contains immature content and is suitable only for young ears. If you're going to be bored by scenes in a treehouse, or Dagny continuing to text Mrs. Pawnzone, then you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. What's the right podcast? I don't know. I'm immature too. And that's why I'm excited for issue number 21 of Just Us Weirdos. The Treehouse of Justice. Everything we need to do is back in Quadropolis, Dagny says. Her knees are tightly pushed against Jules and Kirby's as they sit in a treehouse in Jules' backyard. A woman's voice comes from outside. Jules' mom. I want you kids to have your privacy, but do you need anything? More lemonade? Jules rolls his eyes. Mom? Yes, please, Dr. Jones, says Kirby to Jules' mom. Dr. Jones comes to the bottom of the tree and hands up a pitcher. She's smiling at them. She has been smiling since Dagny met her when the cab brought them here. But Dagny can easily see the worry that Jules' mom is trying to hide. Are you all ready to tell us what's going on yet? She asks the kids. Not yet, Mom, Jules says. But I promise you, we're not in danger right now. 
We just need to figure some stuff out. Dr. Jones nods and says, I'm happy to help you figure things out. You know you can tell me anything. Does this have anything to do with your internship at Binary Consolidated? Jules looks at his feet. I can't talk about it right now. Not yet. Dr. Jones looks at her son's friends and says, Right. And I know you all have your own stuff to figure out, too. I'll leave you to it. Just know that your father and I are right in the house when you're ready to talk. Dr. Jones walks back to the house, and Jewel shakes his head. We really should just tell them. Kirby looks annoyed. We tell them, and we lose our ability to be the ones making the decisions. They'll just send me to the cops, and they'll send Dagny to her mom. Dagny scowls. I've got to go back to my mom sometime anyway. That's what I've been saying. She has Bernie. And she has the Caduceus. And Amina's in Quadropolis, too. Dagny's best friend and fellow superhero, Amina Amparo, was recently brainwashed by the Caduceus-empowered Mrs. Work, a fate Dagny and Jules only escaped by being unconscious, and which Kirby escaped by shoving banana cream pods into his ears. Jules asks, Did you ever get in touch with Amina? Dagny shakes her head. I've tried calling from your parents' phone, but it's just ringing and ringing. Uh, Amina's mom doesn't even let her have a cell phone, so she's usually hard to get in touch with. <laughs> Dagny's words are interrupted by the buzz of her own phone, and she eagerly looks at the home screen, hoping to see her friend calling. When she sees that it isn't Amina, Dagny's hopeful look is replaced by a mask of resignation. Her phone buzzes again. Who is that? Kirby asks. Dagny gets to her feet, carefully avoiding stepping on her friends. It's an adult that might be able to help us. She jumps down from the treehouse and answers the phone. IT girl speaking, she says. Thank you for calling me back. Well, you certainly made me jump through a lot of hoops so that you could hide your identity, the caller says. The voice belongs to Micah Ponzon. Several months ago, Dagny's mom had been trying to buy a company from Mrs. Ponzon. When it turned out the company was a scam, Mrs. Ponzon was arrested. But as Dagny recently learned, the woman had quickly talked her way out of jail. Since leaving prison... She has apparently started another new business, this one a non-profit. You gotta tell me, IT girl, what are we talking about here? We're talking about Gwenifer work again, Dagny says. I know you successfully tricked her once in the past with your eco-direct scheme. I need to know how you tricked her. Allegedly, Mrs. Ponzon says. And why should I trust someone who isn't even telling me her real name? Look, I know enough to know the details of your negotiation with Gwenifer Work, Dagny says. Isn't that enough? I don't know if it's enough, dear. Do you have evidence of these negotiations? Dagny hears a hint of fear in Mrs. Ponzon's voice. 
Dagny doesn't have any evidence, but pretending she does could be a helpful strategy. We wouldn't want anything finding its way to the police, right? Dagny says. I couldn't agree more, Mrs. Ponzon says. Dagny grits her teeth. This is a common expression of Mrs. Ponzon. As usual, it doesn't seem to make sense here. Look, my situation as a superhero is complicated. I want to meet in person, if you're willing to. I'm willing, Mrs. Ponzon says. As long as you bring that evidence and give it to me. Dagny agrees and says she'll be in touch, and ends the call. Up in the treehouse, Kirby calls down. Dagny, it seems like you're just making your own plans. Wouldn't it be better if we made a plan together? Dagny squints up at him. We can plan together, but no matter what, I have to get back to Quadropolis. My mom still doesn't know that I am a super. If I don't get back, I'll be a runaway or something like that. And I need to figure out what's going on with Amina and see if I can help her. Remember, all it took for us to stop believing in Wondar was Bernie telling us the truth about her. Maybe I can tell Amina the truth and help her become graphene again. Kirby holds up a hand and says, Stop talking. Don't tell me what. No, listen, Kirby says. The kids are quiet for a moment, and they hear a car door shut in front of Jules' house. Kirby looks at Jules. Are your parents having people over? I don't think so, Jules says. Kirby jumps down from the treehouse and stealthily sneaks between houses. From the Jones family backyard to the front of their house. Moments later, he comes back and says, There's a binary car here. He points at Jules. They're talking to your parents right now. They're asking about you. Dagny sneaks towards the front of the house and spies on the front porch conversation. She comes in the middle of Dr. Jones saying, I don't know what else to tell you. He's not here. One of the binary consolidated employees at her door says, Given the incident at Binary Tower today, we think it's safer if you come with us. The other employee, with a look that mixes irritation and fear, steps off the front porch to make a phone call. Dr. Jones smiles calmly and says, I feel safe in my home, thank you very much. I don't understand how it's safer to go to your tower that was just attacked. The woman on her phone says, I need Mrs. Work, Brobden Gregg, 739. Dagny's not exactly sure of what's happening, but she knows when Gwenifer Work gets involved, she always gets her way. Dagny reaches out with her technopathic sense and commands the woman's phone to reboot. Seconds later, the woman pulls it from her ear with a look of irritation. Look, Dr. Jones says, I've never been a big fan of your company. I always knew that I would be a bad mom if I told my son he had to pass on the offer of an internship for you. But that does not mean I have to like what you do. I think it's time for you to leave. The binary worker on the porch shakes his head and says, We're happy to wait for him to return. I have politely asked you to leave, Dr. Jones says. It would be terribly rude of you to make me call the police 
to complain about people trespassing on my property with an annoyed look, compounded by the surprise that the suburban mom is willing to stand up to agents of the world's most powerful company. The binary agents leave the house. But before they go, they open the trunk of their silver binary SUV. Moments later, a binary hunter drone flies from the back of the car and hovers about 30 feet above the street in front of their house. The binary employee points at it. This might be your house on the ground, he says, chuckling. But you don't own the air above it. As the hunter drone hovers, Dagny spots a second one in the car. She scurries back to her friends. We can't stay, she says. Incoming hunter drones. Thank you for listening to this season two episode, dear listener. You can find us online at justusweirdos.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast and interact with us. If you've been enjoying these season two episodes, but you also wonder what the heck is going on, please go back and listen to season one. There you'll hear the origin stories of Beninja, IT Girl, and their friend Graphene, who has lost her memory. And for those of you out there who are Fish Out of Water fans and wonder where he came from, don't worry, in a couple weeks, you're going to find out. And you're also going to meet his friends, who gained superpowers at the same time that he did. Don't forget to email us with your thoughts, ideas, questions, or anything else about the show. Hero at JustUsWeirdos.com Or on Facebook and Twitter at JustUsWeirdos. Special thanks as always to Joe Carnwath, who wrote, performed, and produced our theme music with Trumpet by James Carnwath. Check out Joe's music online at joecarnwath.com or find him on Spotify. The song you're listening to right now is Cinderella, used by permission from Love Hustler, who you can also find on Spotify. Additional music includes Zigzag by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. But my greatest thanks is always reserved for you, dear listener. Please remember, be kind, be creative, and most of all, be weird. See you next week, weirdos.